0: so grateful for our worship team aren't you they're amazing and um, yeah uh, as I thought about encouragement because I may be speaking on the ministry of encouragement and there's so many things that happen in um, in a service like this that God uses to encourage us to encourage us and one of the things that really encourages me among many are is the youth this just they show up every every Sunday they're showing up and giving their all and serving out of their gifts their voices their 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 hearts their their hands on the instruments just just how God is just just uses them so much to encourage us and we I am grateful and I and I know you are too um, for them so um, so I'm going to be speaking today and uh, on the ministry of encouragement. And, and what I mean by that is that there's, there's some things God has established. And we'll be looking at Hebrews chapter 10 if you want to turn there today. And just kind of get ready for some of the portions of that whole chapter that we're going to read. So we're going to really just camp out there today in Hebrews chapter 10. And uh, I, am, I love the book of Hebrews. Um, there's so much rich content in the book of Hebrews um, that it never gets old. There's there's always something there. Um, it reads like a, a sermon. Um, it's sometimes all the imagery in in the book of Hebrews kind of we kind of scratch our head and, and get a little confused sometimes. But I think really understanding the context and who wrote to who really helps us. And so the writer of Hebrews um, who was writing to the Jewish christians of that time jewish believers who were persecuted so they were persecuted jewish believers mainly that he was writing to at that time so as you can imagine and, and as you just as you just knowing that helps you go through this this the book of hebrews and and as he uses imagery about the temple and the sacrificial system that they used and the the priesthood and, and all of that it just helps us understand um really just the con, just just having that kind of cultural context in mind and then and then the whole theme of it really is but G, but there's a better way a better way in Jesus and so the whole theme of it is really Christ is that better way and so in in Hebrews chapter 10 uh, you know there's we're going to like I said we're gonna read a few pasches, passages here but um I don't know about you but there's I've experienced seasons where I've kind of been on a downward spiral um, and all of all the times in our, a lot of times in our walk with the Lord we can go through these down downward spirals of, of neglect and a lot of it has to do with us not showing up we stop showing up uh, we stop uh, saying uh, you know c- connecting with the body of Christ and, and connecting with the Lord and being really intentional around community and being together um, and, and the Hebrews has a lot to say about that. And when we, when we go through these cycles of uh, kind of neglect in our own lives, we kind of stop saying with the psalmist um, where he says, where, you know, and in the, in, in the psalmist said, where can I go to meet with God? The hunger and the receptivity starts to die down and we wonder what's going on and, and our response, receptivity and response to the things of God goes down. And we get discouraged at times and we lose hope. Uh, we're human, and our confidence wanes, and we begin to doubt, and we can get isolated, and we can cut ourselves off from really growing as we should. Um, and, but, you know, downward spirals just don't happen. They're, they're really, um, they are due to, a lot of times, it's kind of a slow drifting away uh, from the practices which anchor us spiritually. So... I want us to think about this today. What does a sustainable walk of faith look like? Walking with the Lord has to be, we have to have the long-term view, approach in mind, and and what can sustain us over the long haul. Um, I love these mountaintop experiences. I love uh, worship where it's just uh, an awesome time like we had today. But what's going to sustain me as I go into my week as I, as I walk with the Lord daily. And so, we need to be thinking about that, get, looking, th- being intentional around that. And so, uh, a, a sustainable walk is about encouraging ourselves and each other in the Lord, um, and doing it regularly, doing it frequently. Uh, and so, one is, is the relationship focused upward, and then the other is about the, foc- the outward relationship. So we have our relationship with God, but we have this whole relationship, too, with the body of Christ, and they're both very important, and, and, and they, they feed off of each other. And so, I don't know, what are some ways, maybe that, just to get, you, get us all thinking here, what are some ways that you've experienced drifting away in your life, um, and who or what has God used to get you back on course, and I think that's a good, good thing just to think through and just to kind of meditate on what are some ways that I've drifted in my life and what, what has God used to get me back on course, uh, to get me back on the path. And it all begins, uh, the writer of Hebrews is saying here, it all begins with really understanding what Christ has done for us, his finished work. And he, he, has, he has made a way, uh, he's done a complete work uh, he went all the way and did a complete work. And so here's the, 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 the verses I want to focus on today are um, verses 19 to 25 to start with. And then we're going to kind of jump around. But let me just read those verses right now. Verse 19 of Hebrews chapter 10 says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to infer... Remember this word confidence because it comes up again and again in the, in, in the book of Hebrews... Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water there's some of the purification and temple imagery there in the in the the, what the priests would do as they were making sacrifices in the temple let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love And good deeds. And let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. The day approaching. So there is a day approaching where we will all give an account of our walk and our our faith walk and what we've done with it. And so and, and the writer of Hebrews is saying it's important that we remember that we can't live our Christian life. We can't live our life in isolation. We have to live in community. We have to draw near to God and we have to be near and connected to each other. And that's how a sustainable walk of faith works. I love this. I don't think I put it on the screen, but I have to read this passage in, in the message version. Listen to this. This is the same passage I just read in the message. So friends... We can now, without hesitation, walk right up to God, into the holy place. Jesus has cleared the way by the blood of his sacrifice, acting as our priest before God. The curtain into God's presence is his body. So let's do it, full of belief, confident that we're presentable inside and out. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out, not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. So our confidence comes from embracing Christ's completed work. That's what the writer of Hebrews is saying. You got to embrace the fact that Christ has done it. His sacrifice is final, once for all. Um, It's done. It's a gift we receive. It's, it's something we receive, right? When we come to Him, when we come to, to faith in Christ, that, that completed work, we have to trust that His work has been is for us, and it's complete. Uh, and it's also a posture we maintain throughout our lives, right? That we practice as we practice, the things laid out for us in Scripture, and particularly today in this passage. And that's something religion can't give us. We can't get confidence from religion. We can't get that, 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 un, that just unwavering, as the writer of Hebrews says, unswerving hope from religion. And that's what he's trying to just drill in to these persecuted Jewish Christians who had, had been going through the fire and may have been tempted to ask questions like, what is this all really for? Is it worth it? Maybe I should just go back to 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 uh, to my old, you know, the ritualistic system, a religious system that is accepted in my culture, in my context. Then I won't get beat up for it, right? So there's questions here, there's concerns, and so, but we have to uh, we have to back up some verses here, and I'm going to read uh, just a couple here from from verse 11 same chapter, verse 11, I want you to just kind of listen to the, to the wording he uses here. He says, verse 11, day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest, speaking of Jesus... When this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. It is finished. Amen. Day after day. Can you kind of hear the monotony in this, the repetition? Day after day, again and again. It just goes on and on. That's religious systems, isn't it? That's trying to earn our our way to heaven. It's trying to earn man, man trying to earn his way and to gain favor with God through ritual, through practices that don't have Christ's finished work as the foundation of of their, their, their journey. And so no wonder it gets monotonous, it gets old, it gets tiring, it gets... Repetitive, because it's the same thing again and again, man's attempts to gain favor with God and feel close to him. But then he says, then he says, "For by one sacrifice, verse 14, by one sacrifice he is made perfect forever, those who are being made holy. One sacrifice, perfect forever. See, here's the good news. Christ's finished work is the anchor for our confidence and our hope moving forward. This should keep us encouraged in the faith. This should keep us hopeful and encouraged. But the challenge we face as well is sometimes that monotony of our own efforts apart from God. We can go to that place of trying to make things happen or or. Um, Get in the flesh and start doing things on our own, apart from God's grace and apart from His finished work. And we lose, we we get our eyes fixed on a situation or on our our solutions rather than God's. And so we too face the challenge, just like the Jewish, uh, they face their own challenges, but we have our own challenges as well as this monotony of our own efforts apart from God and 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 do and doing things. That, that, that isolate us and, and keep us separate from him. And so the writer is saying, the monotony is over. His work is finished. Our sins are forgiven. You can trade in that futile repetition, repetition for rest, for real rest. You can trade all that in. Christ has done it. The finished work, it's his rest. We can rest in that. And be confident in that. And so, here's some principles I just want to share today about how we can do some of these things that he's saying. Staying close to God, drawing near to him, maintaining hope, staying encouraged in our faith. And these are all things that these persecuted Jewish Christians needed to hear and what we need to hear also. So he, first of all, verse 22, going back to what we read previously, verse 22, let us draw near to God... With a sincere heart and with full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. And ha- having our bodies washed with pure water. Come near to God. James 4, 8 says, come near to God and he will come near to you. What a beautiful promise. I mean, that, that is just drawing near to God. And he, the almighty creator of all things desires relationship with me so much that all I have to do is take a step toward him and he draws near to me. He comes near. All I have to do is take that step. Jesus, I come to you today. Jesus, I draw near to you today. Jesus, I need you today. Jesus, hear my heart cry. Whatever that, whatever your heart's cry is, all we need to do is take that step and God draws near to us. He's here to to assure us of that. His word assures us of that today. So I don't know, I don't know how maybe isolated or cut off you feel today or distant from God you feel today, but all it takes is that one step, that one step toward him. And he has promised to draw near to, to us and to be near to be near with his presence. So where and that's a place in his presence, the only place where we receive that daily cleansing and that renewal in our lives and so really simply put the more we stay near to God the more encouraged we will be I mean that that's just simple that's just my uh, my walk of 30 plus years with the Lord that's going back to to lesson number one again and again for me the more I stay near to him the more encouraged I will be And it doesn't, it's not dependent on outside circumstances. They will try to get me down and discouraged. But as I draw near, as I draw near to him, the more encouraged I will become in my faith, the more confident I will become that he's on my side. So because Christ, he completed the work. He offered his body. He offered, he, he was all in when he went to the cross. And then when then we're told offer your bodies as living sacrifices so we're to do the same now we don't have to sacrifice our bodies because jesus has already done that he he was the complete one final sacrifice but we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice the scriptures say and and uh we we have to be all in and god wants to meet us there as we come to him because we're wired for relationship with god that's how he created us and um, if, if you feel distance from him, it doesn't mean he doesn't love you. He doesn't want to uh, be, you to be near him or that he has not chosen you. He has made a way for you to come into relationship with him. And we live and move and have our being out of that relationship. But we have to be all in with our bodies, heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we're challenged at times by that spiritual drift, by that drifting Because someone once put it to me like this, they said, you know, we're we're to offer our bodies as living sacrifices, but sometimes living sacrifices try to squirm off the altar, you know, and so we have to get back to going to being on the altar of submission and surrender to God. And so again, the temple imagery of sacrificing the the animals, the blood sacrifices, which were part of temple rituals. And um, yeah, so he brings that in, that we are also living sacrifices. The key is to engage our ears, our hearts, and be taught by the spirit and growing in confidence, drawing near to God and receiving his encouragement daily if not multiple times daily for me, I know I need to pause and just step back and say, God, I need you. God, uh, I recognize you. I'm aware of you here in this place. Make me more aware in this moment. Um, Islam and where we lived for, uh, uh, which was the predominant religion, where we lived in Central Asia for um, 20 years, uh, both in Tajikistan and Turkey, uh, predominantly Islam was the the religion there but it's um, yeah it the teaching on relationship with God is really non-existent to have a relationship with God is is not even a concept that people can grasp um, he's above he's outside of he's uh, uh, all holy yes we believe that but he's also present as we believe but they don 't but to believe that he we can actually have a relationship with him and so we were surrounded by people all the time that that did not have that understanding and had really no no uh, framework to put that in how do you have a relationship with a with a God who just you, you have to gain his favor, and he and and you have to. Uh, their whole thing was this whole cycle. What was their cycle? What was their monotony? What was their repetition after day, day after day, uh, you know, month after month? It was, it was good works versus bad deeds, right? And it was what if your good works outweighed your bad deeds? If the good outweighed the bad, then you may have a chance at gaining God's favor. You may. No guarantees. There is never any guarantee. And I'm so thankful for the, for the complete, complete and final work of Christ that gives us confidence. The writer of Hebrews uses this again and again, this word confidence. We can be confident. We don't have to live our lives guessing. We can be confident of his, of his grace, his presence, his favor, his acceptance of, of us. And so, Uh, you know, I just remember we moved into a house uh, in the capital city of Tajikistan. This house that we moved into was previously occupied by a a big family. And in that family was the local, kind of like you would say a local witch doctor, basically, fortune teller uh, person. And they lived there for years. So they had this, this house in this neighborhood where we lived. We moved into this house. They moved out. But this place had this reputation of being the place where you go to get, get uh, spiritual advice, uh, words of uh, your future predicted, that kind of thing. Um, we believe the enemy used that to really confuse and deceive people. And so we would get calls, we would get knocks on our door. We would get calls, phone calls from people who are asking for, what was her name? I don't know. Mabuba, I don't know. That's a that's a Tajik name. Is Mabuba there? I need to talk to her. Where is she? You know, they're desperate. They have a crisis in their family, and they think that's the solution. Uh, just this whole the cycle, you know. And so we saw this again and again. But I remember ca- I remember getting uh, talking to one person who came inquiring, where did they? You know, and they're frantic. They're like, where did where did she move to? I got to find her. No. You need to find something else. And I remember talking to this one and person, uh, a lady who was looking for the witch, the fortune teller, the witch doctor. And I just said, you know, I, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, and He has, He, He. Did you know that He can, He knows your future, and He loves you, and He has a plan for you. And they were like, well, I'm, I'm a Muslim, and that's, that's final. No. No, you're not outside of God's reach. <laughs> None of us are outside of God's reach and of God's care and compassion. He died for them, too, and that's one thing we had to constantly remind ourselves. I remember um, the money for prayers that people would, would, would offer because that was the thing. You would, you would go to the fortune teller or the, the, the priest at the, the mosque there, and if you would get prayer, if you would ask for them to pray for you, the common cultural thing was to give the priest or the, the fortune teller money. And so we, would, we were having uh, some, some evangel, evangelistic meetings where we um, invited people um, to hear, yeah, we, they heard the gospel. We rented, we rented some uh, local uh, restaurants and halls that we could meet in and had big gatherings, uh, and a lot of people came my wife hosted many of those and had an uh, incredible time ministering to many, many Muslim women there. But they would come, and they would, you know, always end with a time of prayer, and these ladies would come, and, and my wife and some of the other missionaries would be praying for these ladies, and they would never, it would never cease to offer money offering money. There's no concept of God's grace. Of God's grace of God's goodness of God's the free gift of his grace and his love for us and uh, it was just a common common theme throughout our time there so we are so privileged to to be part to live in a culture where we have the freedom and we have uh, the great we have the gospel that is presented in so many different ways and freely and a lot of us, a lot of us um, were privileged enough to, to grow up in that environment, maybe some of us weren't but are now discovering that, God's grace and what he has for us. Um, but what, wherever you're at in your journey, I just want to encourage you, what's something as far as kind of the drifting away, and that happens to all of us, whether it's are we've known the Lord for 30 years or 40 years or 50 years or, or less than a year or just weeks, it happens to all of us. And so, what's one neglected practice or some new practice that's, that could help you stay close to God? Uh, maybe it's worked in the past and you've drifted away from it. And what would it look like to revive it? it maybe simple as daily Bible reading. It may be sim- something simple as just more quiet time with the Lord. It may be something like connecting with a community uh, uh, apart from the larger group and joining one of our life groups. And, and getting connected in that way, and being that, being, building that uh, habit and that practice into your life so that you can stay encouraged, stay encouraged, and be an encourager as well. So, uh, you know, just to, just, just to kind of summarize this point here, religious barriers, barriers have been eliminated, obliterated in Christ. Amen. We are part of his finished work. We can draw near to God today. Secondly, maintain your hope. Maintain your hope. In verse 23 here, verse 23 of chapter 10, let us hold unswervingly, unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. You know, it's, it's, it can be hard to stay hopeful when life gets really difficult. These Jewish Christians, many of them had been in prison or were in prison or were being persecuted. It can be hard to and, and, and to really stay hopeful when things are challenging and they knew that all too well. And our hope is constantly under attack. The hope that we have in Christ is constantly under attack if, if, if the enemy can get us to be discouraged, downcast and that's why David can, was. if you look through the Psalms and, and David was uh, uh, amazing at this encouraging himself in the Lord so that's another part of being encouraged the ministry of encouragement encourage yourself in the Lord he said why are you so downcast O my soul, put your hope in God put your hope in God God you will come through You've done it before. You'll do it again. You have done it before. You'll do it again. You're, you're really good at what you do, God. <laughs> and uh, so encourage yourself in the Lord. Uh, hope is ignited through confession. Paul said, I know whom I believed, and I'm convinced that he is able to keep which I've entrusted to him until that day. So you know it's it's that confession piece and and what we say is so important. Pastor Don speaks about that a lot, and it's for good reason. are we going out here yeah, about how we what the words we use and um the the um the things that come out of our mouths, and during especially during times when we're tempted to be discouraged, there's a, a movie. I don't uh, maybe some of you have seen this movie called Unbroken. Yeah, a great movie. It's a World War II story of survival and resilience and redemption. And and Mac and, and Louie and Phil, they were all uh, uh, on uh, uh, you know floating in the sea for I don't know how long, a long time after their plane got shot down. Um, but along uh, it, watching Mac for sure, watching his slow decline into madness might be the most difficult thing to watch in that movie. Um, he, you know, along with Louie and Phil, Mac survives the plane crash into the Pacific. But it's it's from there it's all downhill for him. First, he eats all the survival chocolate, and he's so he eliminates days worth of rations in a few seconds. And even though Louis understands that Mac that Mac did this kind of in a mo- moment of panic, he's still not happy about it. Of course, uh, in a life or death situation, it's important to keep for people to keep their cool, right? And Mac does not keep his cool, and he starts screaming, "We're going to die! We're going to die!" And although he stands up, Mac stands up literally at one point, and he whacks a shark with an oar, saving Louis. He soon returns to his near vegetative state, and he eventually dies, and Louie and Phil wrap him in part of the raft and drop him into the water, and it says that Mac sank away. The sharks let him be. And that's the end of Mac. And really, that as I was thinking about maintaining our hope, in large part, it was hope that sustained the two others, while Mac, he lost his ability to hope, and his hopelessness killed him. Hope is so important for survival, long-term survival. And I think that's why the writers here are saying, hold on to it unswervingly. Don't let it go. Hold on to hope. Maintain it. Cultivate it. Um, it you know, the, the alternative to hope is just a slow shriveling up, a dying, and a shriveling of the soul. And so our survival really does uh, mean holding on to hope our survival, our thriving as believers means cultivating, our, uh, encouraging ourselves in the Lord, holding on to hope, and finding ways to stay hopeful. And we have many reasons and why we can be and should be, and yet it is so easy at times, isn't it, to get our eyes off of those things and to let ourselves go to that downward place of hopelessness. And so there's, there's really a, a good... Um, uh, three words that I that have often helped me stay hopeful um, to maintain this posture of hopefulness and I want to share those with you today um, hope is what happens because a lot of times you know hope hope is what needs to happen between what we know or you know what we experience okay and what we know and those two can feel, seem different diametrically opposed, right? At times. Here's what I'm experiencing. Here's what I'm going through. Think about these Jewish Christians uh, in prison, persecuted for their faith, different things. Here's what I'm experiencing now. Some of you are in the fire right now. Some of you are in a hard place. Here's what I'm going through now, but here's what I know. Paul said, I know whom I believed, so we've got to, how do we bring this together, you know? And, and so it's a constant battle at times, but there's some ways to do this. And as we look at the scriptures, that is key, to stay immersed in God's word, to, to let that hope rise. And, um, but, but I want to jump over to verse 32 uh, real quick here, verse 32. And so he's trying to encourage these Jewish believers um, to remember what they've been through and what God took them through, what God brought them through, and how they uh, can look with hope even in their dire situation. Okay, so he says in verse 32, Remember, everybody say remember. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light when you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property. Wow. Because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. There's that word again. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that you, when you have done the will of God, oh, there's some obedience to this on my part. When you've done the will of God, you'll receive what he's promised. For in just a very little while, he's, he who's coming will come, and he won't delay. But my righteous one will live by faith, and if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved." Remember, that's the first word, remember. If you're, when you're going through something, remember those earlier times. Remember how God came through. Maybe re, just recall a difficult time that you had to endure. Maybe you don't have to think back very far <laughs> to a difficult time today. Um, but remembering is key. That, whole, that word remember, if you parcel it out, Remember. So it's like putting the pieces together. Our memory helps us when used and and stewarded in the right way. It helps us to connect the pieces, kind of connect things, right? So remember, remember those things and what, what God did through that. So the next word is reflect, reflect on that. What did God do? How did he come through? What did you learn through that process? And then the third is anticipate. Anticipate. Hope. There's the the hope piece. Anticipate. What's the reward for staying faithful? What's the reward that God has in store for you? That well done, good and faithful servant. Anticipate a great reward. Because God is a rewarder, right, of those who seek him. So, anticipate. Remember, reflect, anticipate. What are you experiencing and what do you know? Recall a season of suffering or difficulty in your life and what was the experience like? Maybe hard to bring that up, but how can you hold on to hope? How can you hold on to hope in your current situation? So, third point, receive and give encouragement. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And this whole encouraging each other and all the more as the day approaches you know that's that's what that's what unites and keeps a people healthy, the body of Christ strong. Um, when one person is down, it's just it's just like when one person is down or discouraged, and someone else is up and can encourage them, or vice versa. It's just being connected. It's it's staying out of that isolation trap that we can get ourselves into, um, and and not. Staying connected and, and being, in, being able to place ourselves, put ourselves into a place where we receive encouragement, but also give encouragement. So, all the more the writer says, do this. Don't forsake the gathering together of yourselves. It's accomplished in communion, it's accomplished in community. And it is something in our culture that believers have given up on altogether in a lot of a lot of believers have really given up on this and it's why the body of Christ can become discouraged, divided, uh weak and you know we can endure isolation for a season if we have to, right? We can endure that or we can step back and be on our own in a in a in an isolated place for a season, but we're never meant to live there. We can't thrive there. And uh so Again, find ways to connect with the body of Christ. Find ways to connect, and even if it's not how you may be wired, okay? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an introvert speaking to you, so I know, I feel your pain, <laughs> That it, but it's so important to connect and to be part of the body and to be part of, like I said, a life group. Connect with a life group that we have going on. We have numbers of them going on throughout the month. And you can get that information in the foyer um, and, and just pick up one of those cards or two or three of those cards and make a phone call and find out where and when they meet and talk to the leaders and see if it'll be a good fit. Find ways to connect. Because all the more as the day approaches, we need to be connected together. Discouragement. This whole, this whole area of discourage, uh, uh, discourage and encourage, you know. Discourage means to deprive of courage. To deprive of courage, hope, or confidence. To dishearten, dispirit. And that reminds me of the 10 spies in the book of Numbers, right, where they came back with the report, the bad, the bad report, and said, no, there are giants in the land, it'll never happen, we can't go there, we'll all be devoured. Discouraging people speak out of that negativity and, and spread doubt and despair like a disease. And that's what the spies did they liter- and they literally starve each other discouraging people they starve each other out of that life-giving ingredient which is encouragement encourage means to inspire with courage spirit or confidence to encourage and encouraging people people speak out of that well of confidence that they have so the writer of hebrews is saying you have this confidence And now live and speak out of that to encourage others. Encouraging people give life and nourishment. God is the great encourager. Amen. And the Holy Spirit is the one who works in our midst to encourage us and build up the body. What are your words and actions toward others communicating? Encouragement or discouragement? Again, going back to our time in Central Asia, um, this Persian culture, um, that culture, and even in Turkey, where we lived for several years, the, the, that culture over there is so hospitable. It's high on their priority list, their values to be hospitable people, welcoming, hospitable. They pull out, you know, everything. They're in, and, and in Tajikistan, they're just so poor. There's just so much poverty there. But they bring. If you go there to a home as a guest you will get the red carpet treatment. They'll pull out all the best that they have and treat you to an incredible meal and not want you to ever leave. And just the hospi- hospitality is, so, and I was thinking about encouragement and hospitality and how, how the two connect. And hospitality is, is one very tangible way that we can be giving and, uh, and receiving encouragement hospitality is something my wife does well i've learned a little bit uh following her lead how to do that but um and my my wayne and sally uh where are you guys yeah modeled it well um yeah so hospitality is such an important part of that culture and um and so my personal experience i think it probably had the biggest uh, of all the things that had an impact on my life during all those years living overseas was hospitality if i think of that culture and the people and my relationships there i often go to sitting around in their homes with them being being entertained being the guest of honor being being the recipient of incredible hospitality some of you have blessed us with your hospitality. I see, as I look around me, many hospitable people. And as we gather together, we're often, the feedback I get, because I get to read the Connect cards, and, and I get to, and the feedback and, and I often get in the comments are often so warm, so friendly, so loving. I was surrounded by, I was impacted by that. That is you, the body of Christ, encouraging. Being, operating in the ministry of encouragement, encouraging one another. And, um, and so hospitality is so key. And we can do that in a lot of different ways. But let me just uh, share with you a few tips before we, before we get ready to close here for being an encourager. Tips for being an encourager. Hospitality. And a lot of it is around this hospitality piece. But hospitality asks these questions. Where did you come from? Where are you going? And what do you need right now? See, I love that. It, it, it's the curiosity that comes into play here. It's not just like, how you doing? Oh, I'm fine. It's, it's asking these questions sincerely. And t- that's a tip for just being an encourager. Where did you come from? Where are you going? What, did you need, what do you need right now? And that kind of get, gets lost in our culture. Again, I, just, I thought that was such a rich piece of, of, of Persian culture when we lived over there. Because people would travel along the Silk Road. Which went from China all the way to, where did it end up? Somewhere over India? Long ways. You know, on their caravans of camels and their road, you know, they're weary travelers and they're like, uh, they stop over in a village, just pick a home, uh, somebody welcomes into their home. They're gonna ask, Where did you come from? <laughs> where are you going? And uh, what do you need from us right now? Just, what do you need? And and so, and then secondly, behave as if you're happy to see everybody. Okay, did I touch on some, uh, yeah. Behave as if you're happy to see everyone, especially the one you're not happy to see. <laughs> There's a challenge for you. There's the week's challenge for you. Those in the Ministry of Hospitality. Uh, Garrett and Jasmine, you guys uh, are in that ministry, in that business, and that, you know, ha- you got to be, you know, the customer comes in, and they're that one, you know, that uh, they always push the button, right? <laughs> Behave as if you're happy to see everyone, especially when you're not happy to see. Let our lives say, there you are. There you are. I see you. Someone was just telling me about that, um, and I don't know if it was Jim and Vivian, maybe in, Ho- in Hawaiian culture or something, Whoa. it was someone we were talking to about that, and they said that was the greeting, the, the greeting was basically, I see you, and uh, they said some weird word I didn't understand, but that's what it meant, I see you, what a great greeting, every encounter with everyone we meet, we take something with us and we leave something with them, Everyone we see is made in the likeness of God. So who do I see that I don't want to see? Pray for them. At least start there. Who do I see and I've stopped being curious? It's just become kind of the formalities, maybe, you know, but who do I see, and I've stopped being curious. Let curiosity just guide you, but by God. And by his Holy Spirit, give you creative ways to, to, to get curious about people's lives. We can encourage others, and as the worship team comes, we can encourage others even when life is hard for us. I think about Paul and Silas coming out of prison. They were, you know, they, they had... Spent this time in prison being persecuted for their faith and um, the Lord broke them out of the prison. And where did they go? They immediately went to Lydia's house, Acts first, Acts chapter 16, where the believers were gathered and they encouraged them. It's not that, it doesn't say the believers that, that encouraged Paul and Silas. They encouraged the believers. And they were just out of prison, you know. So even if you're going through a hard time. God can use you to encourage, maybe even in greater ways, use you to encourage others. So who knows what we might stir up, even this week, as we think about the ministry of encouragement and um, how we can uh, both draw, draw near to God, cultivate our hope, do things that will keep us hopeful. Remember, reflect, anticipate on what God has done and what he's going to do. And think about just how can I draw near to him, be an encourager, and stay uh, hopeful. Um, And so as we just, as the worship team plays, I want to just think we're going to get ready to take the offering. And then um, please just know that there will be a time of uh, prayer here. So this altar will be open um, and we'll have prayer. people up here to pray with you, or if you just want to just let God seal his word in your heart at the altar, um, that will be open, but we're just going to, uh, take the off, take the offering right now. And, uh, but I just want to encourage you. And I think God's word, uh, God's word today to us is this Christ's work, his completed final, his work is finished And you can have confidence. We can walk out of these doors today with confidence in his grace and his love for us and his acceptance of us and of his plan to cultivate, to draw near to him and to grow in that ministry of encouragement that he has for us uh, as a body. And so uh, let's just pray over the offering. Father, thank you. Thank you that uh, we can... Uh, be, uh, we can just sit at your feet, Lord, this morning and just be able to take in what you have for us. Lord, maybe something here, just uh, a particular point today, just touched on something and, and everybody, Lord, here has something that they're going to take away. I just believe you're going to have them have us grasp onto something that we can take away and begin to practice. And Lord, just look, look and expect your fresh work in our lives, something new something new for each one of us. Lord, thank you um, that we can be partakers of so much of your incredible work, everything you've done for us, Lord. And Lord, we just give back to you today in this time of giving to say thank you. Thank you for the ministry of this church that you're moving forward. Thank you for the uh, things that you're doing and the outreaches of this ministry and, and the building project and all the things that you have going, the missionaries that are supported through uh, the faithfulness, the faithful giving of your people. So all of these things, we thank you that we can participate through giving today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.